Welcome to another edition of Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. Liverpool have just absolutely smashed Wolverhampton Wanderers 4-0 at home, an emphatic victory, and it maintains Liverpool's position at the top of the league, uh, along with Spurs. 24 points now from the opening 11 games, and uh, Liverpool have only conceded two goals, in fact, in the last four games. Uh, and one of those was against Manchester City, and another, as we know from last week, was a very dubious penalty against uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Boys, it was a, a momentous victory, but it was also um, made even sweeter by the fact that we had 2,000 of our fans back in the stadium, and it seemed to make uh, or to cap a brilliant night. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were quite loud as well, weren't they? The fans as well, you know, for being 2,000. But yeah, I thought the performance was was very clinical and it was a basically a fantastic result, really, 4-0. There was, there was a point where we were 1-0 up where I was a little bit kind of thinking, oh, you know, Wolves Wolves might get back in the game because they've always got a potential to score in the second half. But but we managed to get that kind of that goal on the counter-attack and then we managed to kill them off. I felt quite emotional about having the fans back in the stadium. I don't know if it was just... Yeah. It felt like a, a feel-good factor yesterday. Yeah. really did, with the, the players coming back into the team and just having the crowd and seeing Klopp at the end punching the sky three times to the, to the crowd. It was just... You enjoyed the Bobby song, didn't you, when it came? Yeah, even when they, they were chanting, it was, just, it was good just to hear the songs going again. And we weren't, and we weren't bitter about not missing out on the ballot, were we? <laughs> I, I think I was four thousand one hundred and eighteen from from getting a ticket this week. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. yeah, hearing James, hearing that you'll never walk alone at the start, just for me, brought back brought back some normality. It did feel like a proper game last night, which was which was good. Sort of a welcome from the absent crowds in sort of recent months and weeks. So yeah, it was a nice return to what we've what we normally expect football to be. I mean, it, it may simply be a coincidence, but Paddy, you look at the performance last night, we have fans back, fans making noise, and it's arguably our best performance of the season. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I think there's sometimes the swing moments at home go for you when you've got, a, when you've got the crowd in there. Do you know that just kind of that, that kick up the arse to get Fabinho back and, and clear one away from Cody? That kind of confidence for Wijnaldum to burst forward and put one in the top bin. For Bobby to do cratty kicks <laughs> for 40-yard passes and mm. nutmegs and stuff, there just seemed a little bit of Lawful. a bit of extra something in, the, in them last night. And um, and it, we had the same watching it. We felt pumped up. The, it all started, you know, with Cologne, yeah, it was spine tingling. It was just... I think Klopp might have had something to do with that as well. You can imagine the the, the, the conversation before the start of the match, kind of saying, you know, we've got we've got two thousand fans back in. They haven't been, they've been out of the the stadium for so long. Let's go out and we had Van Dyke Van Dyke on the bench as well, didn't we? So it's just a feel good factor, I think. Yesterday, yeah. to return for the the goal scorers as well. When you you score a goal and you're sort of celebrating in an empty stadium, it mustn't be very nice. But when you even seen Matip when he scored, he. He ran over to the crowd, didn't he? He was so dying to go over, wasn't he? That makes a difference, though, James. I think it gives you the, the players, that, as Paddy says, that extra 10%, even though we've come to expect Liverpool players anyway to give 110%. But that, there was that feeling last night, as, as I've said, that return to almost a normal Liverpool performance. And Klopp was pumped up at the end as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Which, which, which I think 
kind of what Fran was saying that he was he was really up for it and really excited about it. Um, I still think I still think the last performance at home was probably better. I think I think the difference with with this one uh, last night was that as I said we were just so clinical. It felt special last night. It felt like a Champions League game. Mm. I think the thing as well to bear in mind about last night is that it's that classic thing about when you steamroll a team like. For example, a few weeks ago when we beat Atalanta, people forget the, the, the quality of the opposition. For me, Wolves have now proven themselves to be consistent, you know, sort of on the cusp of top six Premier League side and have taken a lot of scalps over the last few years or last couple of years or so. And for me, um, we just destroyed them. They, they say, that, I mean, Nuno Espirito Santos was saying that they, they were never really in the game, but I think that was because Liverpool controlled the game. But you could see, couldn't you, particularly in the first half, and there was a little spell round about the, the, you know, the 50 or 55th minute where Wolves looked dangerous. They've got some very, very high quality technical players and we've come away with another clean sheet. Yeah, they look quite blunt. To me, James, yesterday, the biggest difficulty that Wolves had was the absence of Jimenez. That makes just, a massive difference. Yeah, they just seemed a bit feeble up front. But they had Neto, Neto and Torore. Were, I disagree because I, I think that Wolves is, is it's obviously, as we mentioned, really tricky game. But also, I didn't think they played that bad. You know, played, if, if you look at it, uh, spells, I thought they had good spells within the game. And, you know, things can swing. And if they would have got the equaliser, the game could have been completely different. Fran, that was the bit, wasn't it, with Conor Cody? Yeah. Where, on the 58th minute where Fabino made that clearance. Exactly. And that was the key. It might be a bit before the 58th, but that was the key. That was the key moment in the second half because they could have scored. But then obviously a minute later, we went down the other end and, and scored as well. So, so I thought it was a bit of a turning point in the second half. And you've got to remember as well, our first goal, I mean, it was a decent ball by Henderson, but it came from a Conor Cody mistake. So I don't think we were completely dominant. I just think that we were so, so clinical with, with Salah, particularly with that, with that goal. But Wolves posed so much threat down the wing with Net, Neto and Torore as well. And, and they were giving us a bit of a hard time. Torore um, had a couple of kind of crosses and a couple of chances were, were they, that they could have scored. He's difficult to mark, that Torore, isn't he, James? He, I don't know if he's put, he put Vaseline on his arms. Yeah, stop people he's grabbing. A baby lotion. He's a freak, isn't he? <laughs> he got moved up, didn't he? Oh, do you know his baby lotion? I mean, he oils up like he's uh, gonna get into get into the ring. You know, um, he probably he has got a wrestler's physique in furnace, hasn't he? To be fair, that will um, put me off going in for a challenge with him. You don't want to get all the cream all over sticky, your. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Robbo doesn't mind. Robbo loves getting dirty. That must be his secret, though. That's why he doesn't he never gets tackled because everyone just doesn't want to go in. This is the point I think about about what Matt's making is that Liverpool put the game out of reach because they were so clinical in front of goal. We took our chances. I mean, and you come back to the crowd as well. It's, and we talk about the influence of the crowd. You would normally in a home game be looking for the crowd to drive you forward in the second half. And Liverpool's goals all came, well, the three of them all came in the, in the, in the second half. So there was that sense that the crowd were, were pushing us along and the quality of the finishes I mean we'll, we'll we'll talk about them in a moment but it wasn't that we we like for example against Leicester where the XG was sort of really really high because it was chance after chance after chance it was just that we were super clinical and that's what the front three 
can do to you and that's what our players can do to you so i just think it was a brilliant performance but it was a it was a different type of domination it was a domination by clinical finishes i mean do you fran think we got a bit fortunate with the first goal because it you would expect cody to deal with that given his experience but you have to give salah a lot of credit for the way he reacts yeah i think he put his shirt over his face didn't he after after the goal because he just knew that it was a mistake and any any opportunity Salah's going to get in and when you've got quality top quality finishes like Mo you're going to take you're going to take it so I just think yeah it was a mistake and we were quite fortunate but that's what you've got to do haven't you you've got to they're a good defensive team as well so any opportunity you've got to you've got to pounce haven't you sounds stupid though I don't think Cody expected that ball to come in because if you watch Henderson's body shape, it almost looks like he's going to pass it to the right-hand side and he diverts it quickly over to the centre of the goal. I don't know if that just caught Cody off momentarily. It wasn't, off it wasn't guard. really on, I don't think. It no, wasn't, it wasn't. wasn't a great ball. But I don't think Cody expected the ball to come that way. So whether he just thought, oh, and he's had to deal with it and he just made that momentary sort of mistake, he's like, oh, who, who's around me? But if you're not switched on, <laughs> if you're not switched on straight away against the likes of Salah, Mane and, and Bobby, then... That's going to happen, isn't it? But I was about during the game, I was, and he said to Mark, "What a terrible ball that is from uh, Henderson." <laughs> and obviously, yeah. it worked in our favour, yeah. didn't it? But and of course, he's got nine goals now, Salah as well, hasn't he? So, so he's banging them in. So it was so it was so clinical. It wasn't a simple finish, that though, was it? No, it bounced to him, and you know, split seconds, and he 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 bangs it right in the corner. So he needs to be given. Some credit, Sally. It looked like I'm, it was... Well, I'm taking credit for the goal because I said I said about 10 minutes before we should think we should sign Cody. So Cody... I just completely <laughs> jinxed him. Yeah. Yeah. Jinxed him. That. It was a nice, nice assist from Cody, wasn't he? Just, he chest it down, did he? Or just yeah. nut it down for, well, for Salah? Yeah. I mean, he was involved, wasn't he? He was involved for the uh, for the VAR penalty as well, wasn't he? So so he was... Cody was involved in all the key key um, key incidents of the game, I think. Loved Hendo's reactions. Well, she, I don't think we can really utter what Henderson said. <laughs> James, <laughs> that was a theatrical dive, wasn't it, from Cody for the, the penalty shout? I mean, how he has the, the brass neck to just dive around the box without, without any contact. as well. Without any contact. Um, and as, as Matt said, you could tell, couldn't you? As soon as he, he got up from the canvas... He looked at some of the players. Are you sheepish? Are you sheepish? What are you looking <laughs> down? Buried his head down. And got off. It was the walk of shame off. as he waddled, waddled away. And, yeah. Um, I think there's a good opportunity. Sorry, I know I keep... Good, good op- opportunity to mention Henderson's performance as well. I thought he was... I'm a massive fan. I think he's just so important in the team. One assist yesterday, three, three key passes, 91% pass, pass completion. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent again um, last night. Did he get two assists? We missed him. Yeah, I don't think he's classed as an, as is an assist. The Salah one. So oh, right, okay. the winning one was because he put, he kind of put a long ball over, didn't and he? Again, but... if you look at that pass from Henderson for the Wijnaldum goal. Sorry, James. I think we're ch- um, jumping from goal to goal there. <laughs> but the Henderson pass was just a nice dipping ball, wasn't it? I think it was outside of his foot. But such a nice pass, wasn't it? Which comes to show how diverse Henderson is with the array of passing. Because he, he only gets credit ordinarily for his robust midfield play, so he's making simple passes. But he's also got that in his armoury, hasn't he? Certainly in recent weeks, I've seen that he's getting chipping in with the assists. Because I always criticise him, don't I, for not getting enough goals and assists. But he's just... 
um, slowly but surely. First, first half, I think when Alden was sitting and he had a bit more of a, a bit more of an attacking role, and we've seen him in that role. He does chip in with goals and assists, and he did another. He did a great like Gerard's ball across the front yeah. of the um, the back line. Remember that. And second half, he actually sw- they switched with Ronaldo, and so he sat deeper, and he just made sure he managed the game. <laughs> yeah, but it, those those balls are ninety five percent of the time they never were. The Gerard ball, the crossing, never beat the first man, did he? Well, dangerous like <laughs> that. You were just saying he's got all the passes. I know, but That's I hate that, that style of cross that he does sometimes, a Gerard-esque. I think, I think what we're trying to say is Henderson is like the, the, the all-round midfielder now. He can, he can pretty much do, do anything, I think. He won't get credit for his, his array of, of passes, the quality that he has, because that's not how people see him as a player. But we've seen it time and time again, haven't we, over the last few seasons. He's, he's got the ability to pick out a, a key pass and assist through ball he's just an all-round great player and it's the responsibility that he takes on the pitch I mean speaking about responsibility I have to say I was pleasantly surprised with our new number two in between the sticks I mean Kevin uh, Kelleher he's done really well hasn't he in the last two matches yeah I, to be honest James I don't know maybe talking to Matt or Paddy about this but they were saying he had such a good performance you're probably all coming at me now but he just Already. did the ba- the basic things correctly, didn't he? He didn't have an outstanding performance. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I, give, let me just offer a caveat for that. But given that he's not... I think that was his Premier League debut and he must have been nervous and he had a solid performance. But you hear some of the... Um, or you, you read some of the articles where he's saying he, say he had an outstanding performance. He made a couple of good saves. But let's be honest, you want your keeper to be solid. But the question is, was he, is he better than Adrian? <laughs> uh, not to disagree again with I Andy because I usually yeah. agree with Andy actually I disagree because no I, I just think that he's done so well over the two games I, you know even in the Ajax game I think I think he said in the commentary that he played for the under 23s and conceded seven goals he did yeah. you know his nerve and his confidence to come back in first Premier League game and put in a good performance. But kicking. I can't follow. His kicking ability, yeah, his distribution's good. really good yeah, as well. It's good, it is good. But in terms of like catching the ball, sort of Matt giving me a round of applause yesterday during the game for catching the ball, those are the basic nuts and bolts of being Andy, a keeper. And I'm, yeah, I'm easily pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I'm easily pleased when it comes to Liverpool. No, but he made, he made a good save from that chip. Uh, he made a good save in the near post. And the, um, yeah, he looked. Over the course he, of the two performances, Every attribute of being a goalkeeper was on display. His distribution was really yeah. good. He made some great passes, splitting the press into the midfield yeah. against Ajax at the weekend. I did say. His catching was really good. Yeah. He's made some really good saves of the last two games. Everything he's done has been... Can't fault it, really. Been, it's been class. No, yeah. but if you listen to what I said, I said he had a solid performance and he's young and, he's, and I said, given that he's on his debut as well, he did well. But what I don't think is you can't say he had an outstanding performance or he was amazing. I think he did in both games. Well, I don't he was think really he did. good. Like, and you have to do. Yeah, you'd have to take into consideration his age as well. His age and his day, debut as well. But if you're a centre back and come into the team, you want your defender to defend, to pass, not to lose the ball. And as with the keeper, you want your keeper to be collect, to be able to collect. I know we've been. Um, we've had a treat of Carius and Adrian recently, whereby we've, yeah, we've come to appreciate the basic rudimentary goalkeeping skills. But I just don't think we should be quite as, as excitable about um, him being a, sort of an amazing prospect. He did the basic thing. I think the point about Kelleher was that 
I was very um, concerned actually when he was starting against Ajax in midweek because I, I really didn't think that he was ready. Uh, I just felt it was too soon. I'd, he'd shipped a lot of goals in the League Cup. He's obviously shipped a lot of goals as well, although clearly it probably wasn't his fault in the in the youth teams. And and even after the game in midweek, I was still cautious about his performance against Wolves because Premier League uh, concentration has to be so high because as a Liverpool keeper, it's a different role. You know, you're, you're in a team that dominates the ball and doesn't concede that many chances. So your actual involvement in terms of saves is quite minimal. But his distribution is good. I mean, he's much, much, much better than Adrian who seems to be pretty much dead to everyone at the moment. And um, it, it's it's the ability to come in and, and do everything right, not make any mistakes, because we don't need him to make spectacular saves. We need him just not to... We just need him to come in, get rid of the ball when, it, when he's got the opportunity, distribute the ball well, and make the saves, the standard saves, when he has to. But I think Andy's right also to say that, you know, he's not a world-class goalkeeper. But we don't need him to be because we've got a world-class goalkeeper. He's actually doing what we need him to do, which is to come in and not make clangers like Adrian does. And I think he's, he's established himself, Matt, as, as Liverpool's number two now. Well, that's what I mean. What we need is a good number two and potentially he could be a good number two because Adrian's not good enough to be a number two. So now we've got a good, good backup for Ali. Because Ali's so good that you don't need a world-class... Well, I, I don't know. You can't judge him on two games. What I'm saying is... Potentially. I, I can't criticise him and he's done He's done really well. But, I, you know, come the end of the season, we might still we might get another another keeper. And I, it's, t- it's still too early, to, for, in my opinion, to say he's, he's going to be Liverpool's number two. I think short-term at the moment, he, he's done well. Let's see how his development continues... See if he gets a few more opportunities and let's see how he grows. And I think just finally on this point, Andy, I think it's all about perspective. I think people are analysing his performance in the context of what you could expect for someone coming in in his situation. He's got to show it over a prolonged period of time in order to prove that he's a, a top-class goalkeeper. But, you know, you talk about Kelleher stepping up. For me, this season, with all the adversity we've had, has been about individuals and and the team as a whole stepping up. I mean, this just seems to be a season, 11 games in, of players stepping up. When you look at someone like Curtis Jones, for me, at the start of the season, he he was a promising prospect. He um, looked as though he would be someone who could maybe play, maybe maybe start a few games this season. But I don't think you can look at him as a youth player anymore. I think he is now an established member of the squad and I, I thought he played really well. Yeah, I yeah. thought he did he did okay. I think his spells in the team he's demonstrated a, a relative consistency. So you see him in spells of the game where he'll have bits of good play, moments where he makes a good in, um, incisive pass. But overall my concern would be that it does seem in games that it passes him by. I think he probably could do more. But I think one of the good things about this season, given the injuries, is that you've got the opportunity there for yeah. the young players to come in to give them a, a chance. Because ordinarily, in a normal season, they wouldn't see the light of the pitch, would they? I, I, I think George has done really, really well since he's come in. And I would even go as far as to say now he's fourth or fifth choice midfielder in there as well. He showed more promise, certainly, than, than Naby. 
Uh, I know Naby's been, been hit and miss. Uh, I think he's more consistent than Ox. And obviously, Milner does a job as well. So, so I would even go as far as to say is that he could be even even fourth choice midfielder. That's an outrageous comment. You'd rather have Curtis Jones tucked up in that midfield rather than Keita. I would or do. Or Chamberlain. Yeah. I would do. Yeah, yeah, I would do. I think he. I think he offers more. I think he offers more in that central position, uh, going forward and defensively and, and, and passing as well. Obviously, it's a bit more difficult to 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 completely judge him because he's only had a few games. But I think potentially when he's playing more and more games, he'll he'll improve as well. Um, James, Matt and Paddy are getting far too excited tonight about the the young players. Need to temper their excitement. Um, it's far too premature, I think. I think with someone like Curtis Jones, I mean, we've we've absolutely needed him. He's not been a, a sort of a selection of choice. I mean, we've not had um, Ox, obviously. We've not had Thiago. Kite has been injured recently. He great to see him come back. You know, running in treacle again. This is a guy who's got the winner against Ajax. He hit the post against Ajax. He, he could have got a hat trick actually against Ajax. He did some quality balls yesterday. You know, he did the ball for, for Trent for the fourth goal. He started off the the Wijnaldum goal type type thing as well. So I think he's got really, really strong potential and a possible replacement for Henderson as well. Um, but maybe I'm getting too excited. No, I think with Jones, uh, Paddy, sorry, I was just saying with Jones, it's, it's his maturity as well, isn't it? About being able to perform a role in a clock midfield. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. His confidence and maturity for a 19, 20-year-old is has been incredible. His consistency in some of the games. I don't say he's been any miss, but yeah, he does go missing sometimes. But you expect that from a young lad? He's, he can't just come in and be a worldie every, every game. He's, he's played a lot of minutes himself and, and when he has played, he tends to do something, you know, a key pass. He looks to get on the ball. He wants the ball. It's really encouraging. I don't think... I think you should maybe avoid the comparisons with Gerrard and... So that's natural, isn't it? Because and, he's a local and, lad. And, and Hendo, because I, I feel he's a different style of player. I think he's, he's, he's a lot more attack-minded. He's a lot more... He wants to get on the ball. Whereas you see Gerrard and Hendo could do it all. The... They have these massive strides and really fast and strong and aggressive. I don't see that from Curtis Jones. He, he wants to get on the ball. He, he's, he's more of a forward. The intelligence and the trust that Klopp's given him, he's actually been playing in midfield because he's had to and, he, and he's coped well with it. So he just deserves loads of credit. And um, the fact that we can rely on him now. And if Jones is playing, you're not thinking, oh, there's a weakness or oh, we're giving this young guy a chance. He's... He's come on leaps and bounds over the course of twelve months. I think that's the key word, isn't it? Squad. That's the key word. I, I do agree. I do agree with what you're saying there, Paddy, because I think you can rely on him and he's developing. And if you look on that pitch, he, for a young lad, he doesn't look out of place. He's nineteen. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Really, you know, and and, and sometimes I have criticised him at, at times, but I think on balance, if you analyse it. You can rely on him coming into the team and putting a, a good shift in. He's going to be a good player for Liverpool. I think it was obvious to see where... And what game was it now when he put him, he put him um, right back? Ah, it was against Brighton. Against Brighton. So I think that was an example of still being relatively young and inexperienced because he struggled. But I think in the midfield role that he's playing where he's comfortable at the moment because that's his natural position, I think he hasn't let us down. He's not yeah. quick enough though. That's a significant point. For a Klopp team, I think that's where, that's my one real concern about him. Because in that midfield, I think you need to be busy, you need to be quick, and you need to be sharp. 
Now Curtis Jones seems to me seems to me that he just sort of drifts across the pitch. I think that's okay, provided that you've got that excellent technical ability. You can a bit like um, Thiago. You can you can you don't need to rely upon that well, he speed. Has though, hasn't he? He's got he's got like he's got a quick football mind and he's got quick feet as well. He's often like dribbled in the mm. box and stuff. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's like. That's what I'm trying to say about Gerard and Hendo. They've got that sprint and acceleration over ten, twenty yards. And he doesn't have that, does he? I don't think he has that. But I think that's why he's a different type of player. Yeah, he has. I don't think you need it. He has got the pace of our Andy, hasn't he? You know, just technically very good as a footballer. <laughs> technically very good, Andy. But he's just um, one Lacks one pace. Is <laughs> I think Andy actually, without realizing it, is actually paying him a compliment because what he's doing is. He's comparing him to the other midfielders that we've got in a world-class team. He's looking at it and he's saying, well, he's not... In effect, as I interpret it, he's saying he's not quite Fabinho. He's not quite Genie. He's not quite Hendo. He isn't quite Thiago. He isn't any of those things. But he's actually looking as though he's going to be a brilliant player. And the final thing to say on Curtis Jones, as far as I'm concerned, the most difficult thing to do in football is to be able to beat a man. Very valuable to be able to beat a man. And he has got that in abundance. He's got the confidence at 19 and the swagger to be able to, to take a shot or just to glide past an opponent. I think he is going to be a superstar for us. But speaking of superstars, you look at the way we play it's so, so important to have Trent back in the side. And he came on last night and he looked quite sharp. His ball for that, uh, the, the you know, the, the sort of Mane own goal at the end for the fourth was, was absolutely unbelievable, wasn't it? And it capped off a brilliant passing move. Yeah, he's smooth. This sort of, the pass was so slick, wasn't it? I've almost forgotten how good Trent was. It sounds stupid, but being out for seven or eight games or maybe less than that, that ability just to cut open the opposition defence. And we've seen that, didn't we, for the goal? It's an amazing pass. And you notice the difference when Trent's not in the team. For example, Nico Williams doesn't offer that, does he? And I know we can't, they're not comparable because Trent is, has excelled now and he's on a different level, of course. He's one of the best right-backs in, in the world, I would say. You know. Just that snippet of him yesterday, come on, having been injured, and for him to come on and make that pass, which was quality. It completely cut open the, the, the team. And it was just a, a bit of class, wasn't it? Well, he's got like an icon already. How old is he? I don't know, 21. And he's got an iconic touch and cross. Like even Scholes was talking about, he takes that one touch and then he does that, the swinging ball. Yeah, like, yeah. You think of like great passes of the ball, they've got like kind of like iconic shape, you know, the way Beckham, Beckham used to do it. Beckham, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's who he reminds me of, Trent. I mean, I don't like to draw comparisons with United players, but he very much reminds me of Beckham. The way he strikes the ball is a, it, it, the fact he's an assist king. The fact that he isn't very, he isn't very quick, uh, but has an amazing passing range. That's the player who he reminds me of. And Beckham was, you know, an unbelievable player. I think Trent has got the potential to be even better than Beckham, which is is saying something. All the all the superlatives and compliments of you to that, James. Controversial. Curtis is going to be a world beaten. Now Trent's going to go to the lofty heights of David Beckham. You know, I get excited. He's certainly better than Gary Neville, anyway. <laughs> but the 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 other thing though about having Trent back is that. It gives the opposition another problem. You know, the two wingmen, as they've got their own show now, the fullbacks. Robbo is a completely different type of fullback to Trent. 
Robbo has the the industry and the skill and you know the ability to overlap whereas Trent is much more of a deep passer isn't he I mean you can see his crossing position for that fourth goal is quite deep it's just a buffet ball talking of buffet balls I think we need to mention Salah's assist for the third goal I mean, apparently that was a, a, a sort of Peter Crowett's uh, worked corner routine, short corner to salary, just jinks in. What do you make of that ball? Quality, I mean, wasn't it? Absolute quality, the jinks, and it was just like a kind of a chip lob ball right onto Matip's head. It was brilliant, wasn't it? And I thought Salah was fantastic, wasn't he, yesterday? Uh, scored a goal with an assist as well. He was a real menace down that right side, as he always is. As we affectionately call him the phantom menace, don't we? It, it felt to me in that match that actually which may be something to do with, with what Andy was saying before about Curtis Jones, that the midfield didn't seem to be working through into offensive positions. It was more a case of give Mane the ball, give Salah the ball, or give Firmino the ball, and they'll do something. Do you know, sometimes, I know, that, I know we, we, that wasn't the case by the time we got the fourth goal, where we had this amazing passing build-up, but the, the, the match was won then. But early on, I thought that in the first half, we struggled actually to dominate offensively by playing through the lines. For me, what was happening was that the front three were all on it. Yeah, plus, James, as well, just sorry to, to cut you off again, is that the front three, it's been mixed and changed for the last few weeks. So yesterday was an, you know, was an opportunity for, for the Fab Three to play together. And, and you can see from like the likes of Mane, he just looked on it. And the whole Liverpool team just looks sharp. And over the last couple of games, I, I thought, actually, Liverpool look a little bit leggy, which is fairly obvious. But I also thought they looked a little bit not on it and just really sort of, just not sharp enough. Maybe, maybe second, a bit tired. Maybe a bit tired second to things, you know, second to every ball. And, and yesterday, Mane was just, Mane and... and, and and Mole were just just on it, and they were just they were just a constant threat and danger. But Bobby's improved as well, hasn't he, Matt? I mean, since Jota's has come in, I mean, you look at Firmino's performance. For me, he played really well. Yeah, I agree. It's we were looking at the heat map, the heat map, me and Paddy, and basically Firmino's playing as a centre midfielder, basically, and he plays so deep, and and we kind of forget uh, sometimes what a what a good role he plays and. And often he is. He is playing like a midfielder. Salah, if you look at the heat map, Salah hogs the right side, obviously. So that's just his domain. Mane's pretty much hogs, hogs the left. But Firmino, is, if you look at that heat map, he's pretty much concentrated on that halfway line, isn't he? And he was picking up the ball really, really deep. And obviously he picked up the ball really deep for the second goal as well, didn't he? So, so he... he he plays a valuable role as a, as a, as a, as a defensive and kind of midfielder as well. But most Liverpool fans would agree that he had a dip in Slight performances dip. Yeah. at the start of the season. But what I've noticed is that in the last couple of games, he's just been able to play that killer pass. And that's the Bobby that we know. And a couple of nutmegs as well. Nutmegs as well, yes. Uh, yeah. Cheeky. <laughs> it's a cheeky, oh, cheeky one. But yeah, a return to form for Bobby is, of course, welcome because... As Fran says, once that front three is working in tandem... It's a front four now. A front four as well. <laughs> that yeah. it, it just becomes almost unplayable for the, the opposition team. So I just one more point, James, just on the goal. I think you said about Salah's cross, which was just glided in the air. But just a note on Matip. You know, just being there, and he just does pop up, doesn't he? 
with these key goals in the big in the big games. Yeah, it goes under the radar a bit, Matip, because we bought him for a relatively modest amount and he's he comes in and out of the team. But when he does come in, I know Matt will agree with this because he's a big fan. He does he defends well, doesn't he? His quality. It's just with Matip, if he stays fit, then he's he's absolute quality. I mean, obviously we won the Champions League with him at centre back. And him and him, Fabino have formed a really, really good understanding, I think. And it's nice to get a few Between goals, them. isn't it, from the centre-halves and yeah. the full-backs. You know, and, if, you, if you can share the goals yeah. around, it's, it's massive, isn't it? And, that... and, and, and them two centre-backs, um, since, since they've come in, you know, six clean cheeks, Paddy, you were saying, have been just as good as Van Dijk and, and, and Gomez at centre-back, in my opinion. Well, on that point, I think France did it during the game, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he did say that with the Matip and Fabino partnership, that it didn't we didn't as much feel the loss of Van Dijk. Did you say that? I think you, you may have said it, but that's testament or compliment yeah. to the fact that Matip and Fabino have been able to, with ease, I would say, have come in to form that partnership at um, you know, with 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 short notice and not having much experience having played together. Just the other thing as well, I was saying earlier about stepping up. You've also had Reese Williams. And you've also had Nat Phillips. In a similar way to Kelleher, they've come in as relative unknowns and done the business. They've not let anyone down. And at times they've actually excelled. I almost think coming back to the start that Klopp had plans for this season. Bringing in Thiago, bringing in Jota. I think there was a plan reading between the lines to increase our offensive output. I think with all of the injuries that we've had, that put the kibosh on that. But you're looking now, we've just had a 3-0 victory against uh, Leicester recently. Okay, we stuttered last week, but now we've got a 4-0 victory against Wolves. I think there's just signs that were starting. Like what I said, we've only conceded two goals in the last four games. That the, You know, the red machine that we've seen last season before lockdown and the season before that is just starting to calibrate and to get moving and unfortunately, we've got, well, they've got near on a week off, haven't they, I think, because there's going to be a, a reserve team out against Michelin in the week to prepare for the Fulham match. Can you bring the kids in? How does that work in terms of numbers? Don't you have to, re- what, what's the, uh, don't you have to register? I think under a certain age, they have to find it. Homegrown young players, can they just come into the team? Because it'd be, nice, it'd be nice to completely rest. Yeah, but there's probably enough already there, though, isn't there? You've got Minamino, Origi, you've got, like, Kane. Callaho will play, won't he? He needs to play. Yeah, you got yeah. Phillips and Williams and yeah, Williams. Yeah. Simicast. There's, there's Maybe we can play Adrian up front. You're right. You, just like. to conclude, James, I think this period now always is not it is important, the Christmas period, but I think last year, this was the period now, from about from early December, six weeks on, that Liverpool really pressed the turbo button and they had a, a level of consistency which just yeah. blew away the opposition. And just, just to pick up on your point, James, we're just starting to feel our groove now, or find our groove, I should say. So I'm just hoping that now the momentum of the fans being back in, the return... Um, to form of some of our key players, such as Bobby, that we just now go on that run just to be able to just try and keep up at the top. Yeah, I, I agree with Andy. I think if we if we win 10, 10 or 12 games on the run, I think we'll win the league. <laughs> That's hardly revelatory, that man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that, Cosmos. No, no. Um, if, if, um, 
because because last season we were winning obviously 28 29 you know you win that that sort of game but what, what i'm trying to say in this season is it's going to be a lot tighter it's going to be mid 80 mid 80 points perhaps late late 80 points could be the winner so what i'm what i'm trying to say is that if you get 10 12 12 wins on the run that that's going to be you, you're pretty much going to be Usually, win the league. Usually, the champions usually go on a run of ten games. Yeah. yeah. So I think we conclude that if we win every game now, <laughs> at the end of the season, we'll uh, we'll win the league. Unless Spurs win all our games. We're not even a third of the way into the season yet. You know, we're sort of 29 percent of the way through the season, and we've got Fulham as I've said on Sunday, but then we've got Spurs uh, on the following Wednesday. And and I I said didn't I uh, in my typically uh, optimistic tone I think a couple of weeks ago that we could be we could be 10 points clear at Christmas I don't think we can be anymore but I think I think we could be six points clear at Christmas I can see us winning the next the next four or five games possibly the next six but we'll have we'll have to see won't we I mean getting key personnel back is going to be very very important it's great to see fans back in the stadium Boys, thank you very much for joining me this evening for another edition of Brothers Red Please, anyone who's listening, if you can check out our Twitter page at Brothers Red Five. It's been it's been a pleasure. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick, and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when describe this was. 